PIM Podcasts. The contents and views expressed by individuals in this podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. It's a new decade and I'm joined today by James Farmer and Gemma Butler from Hello. CIM. How Hello. are you? Good, thank you. Thank you. Well, well. Yeah. Are you happy to be back after the Christmas break? Yeah, absolutely. I do. I feel refreshed, ready, ready, to, ready to go. And yes, I, I, I'm glad to be back. It's nice to get back into routine, if I'm honest. Yeah. yeah. Was, was Christmas particularly tiring this year, or did you have any... came and went in a flash, really. You... It came and went in a flash, and I think you lose sight of what day it is in that middle bit between <laughs> yeah, uh, the... Boxing Day and New Year, yeah. so it's actually nice to know that it's Thursday. It is Thursday, it is Thursday, and the sun's shining. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Which yeah. kind of ruins my angle, because one of the questions I was going to ask you was whether you think this is there's something inherently depressing about this time of year and whether the weather had anything to do with it. I think it does, absolutely, yeah. I think, you know, this um, the SAD syndrome, seasonal affective disorder, I think, you know, is, is, is very real. And, and whether it's diagnosing somebody or not, I think, you know, the, the dark mornings and dark evenings that sort of bookend your working day um, invariably has a has an impact on your on your sort of mindset, doesn't it? Well, it has a physical it has a physical impact on you, and it's scientifically proven, isn't it? Yeah. That uh, the lack of vitamin D, which you know in the UK inherently because we aren't a sunny climate anyway, you know is is lower. Um, and I think coming into a new year, you have a mindset of both challenge and opportunity because there's the challenge of coming back to work. Um, and getting back into routine and having to, you know, do things every day. And then there's the opportunities, which is where, you know, you set yourselves resolutions and you set yourselves goals and challenges, and it's a time for, for new, fresh starts as well. So, it, you know, it is, it is an interesting time of year, but with, with those challenges come opportunities, both for, you know, individuals and, and marketers. It's interesting what you're saying, that there's a duality about it, that there's a frustration that, you know, we've gone from a period of extended leisure to a period of extended uh, work, uh, you know, the weather's not great, it's low temperatures, it's dark and so on and so forth. But on the other hand, people do tend to come back and have a feeling that they want to change things and take on new challenges. My sense is over the last year or two is that marketers have got better at picking up on that positive changes mentality less about sort of hibernating and uh, trying to hide away from and doing things that helps people hide away from the next 10 weeks or so of winter more about helping people make uh, steps to improve their own mental health steps to make long-term benefits to their own health um, and to change their life in some positive way um, some of the examples that we've seen is the uh, banking campaigns where uh, we're mitigating that people tend to run out of run out of cash on yeah. the sort of 17th or 18th of January. But it's not a campaign that is just telling you how to save you save your way through January so you can crawl to the last Friday in January and payday. It's actually trying to make you make a difference in your life, the way that you run your budgets. I, I think I think absolutely I think uh, market you know marketing that's where marketing can play a really positive role, um, not only in in sort of driving sort of financial savings on, on an ongoing basis but also just general consumption of, of, of food and food and drinks beyond the dry january beyond the veganuary um and, and i think what it, what it what it's used used its ability to 
um, hold up a mirror to the needs of, of, of the audiences, of, of, of customers, and actually drive new products to deliver on those needs. My original thought when I came to this podcast was one of frustration with advertising and marketing, that it, it sort of leaps on uh, uh, the cliff edge mindset, you know, the change from leisure to work and the change from happiness to yeah. perhaps sadness. But actually... Uh, what I think you're probably right there. That actually, what it's do, what we've seen in the last two or three years from the industry is giving people the tools to do things that are driven from themselves. So actually, the customers are leading it. It's a change. It's a genuine, mm-hmm. inherent change in mindset that people have when they come in um, in January, and it's giving people the tools they need to to, to embrace that mindset and showing the opportunities. Uh, in the last 18 months, we've seen a lot more always-on campaigns. So, you know, nationwide Save on Payday hasn't just come out in January. Yep. That's been going for quite some time. Yep. And it's about changing people's behaviours and habits so that you don't have uh, the stress of financial worry. Um, we can also say, you know, there's been a lot around dry jan, and uh, whilst a lot of people embrace it and do it, there's no actual scientific evidence that it's better for you or, you know, when you go straight back on to drinking in February. And we know that the drinks um, the drinks sector has actually, you know, invested much more money in low-alcohol low or non-alcoholic beverages. The booze is an interesting one, isn't it? Until very recently, there was a concentration that you would you would go for complete abstinence between the, whatever it is, the six, Monday the 6th of January and Friday the 31st of January. The, the implication being that as soon as the 1st of February comes out, you're straight back uh, down the pub. That doesn't work. There's no such thing as a detox. We know that from science. And the only thing that you should try to do is to create a long-term reduction in your drinking, increase in your exercise and so on and so forth. The move by the, uh, the drinks industry to uh, 0% booze or low alcohol drinks, that is a fundamental change in um, approach from, 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 from industry isn't it yeah and I think you know in terms of of that strategy you know they they know that less people from their research are opting for alcoholic drinks and more people are are going for low alcohol or non-alcoholic drinks Um, and so there's a market need out there and they are there to fulfill that market need I also think you know in terms of um, the mental and physical health benefits of that we're just seeing more and more um, positive messaging around mental health um, and the need, you know, mental health has almost become more important than physical health. And, you know, if we take the marketing communications around mental health, they really do continue to support and raise the awareness of it. And this is something that is now every single day, I don't know about yourselves, but in my Mm -hmm. LinkedIn feed, mental health first aid, mental health messages, the importance of talking to people, the importance of keeping yourself mentally healthy so that you can be, you know, productive and you can function is something that is consistently on every single day. It's not just one time, you know, one day of the year, Blue Monday. What did you make of the FA Cup uh mental health campaign where they started the games a minute later. Yeah, I think it was really powerful and I think um, <clears throat> I was fortunate enough to, to, to have a friend that was involved in the production of that video right. and was actually responsible for getting all of those um, 
kickoffs delayed by a minute. And actually, the, the number of organic searches um, on search engines that we're looking into, why, why are all third round cup, uh, FA Cup ties um, kicking off one minute later? That was marketing genius. Exactly. Um, you know, it was a stroke of genius because it, the, the intrigue that it drove and, and, and the, you know, the eyeballs that it then put onto the issue was fantastic. You know, the video, video itself was really good and you know, they managed to get some really high profile people involved. But I think, you know, I think what is... What's 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 undeniably happening is that um, it, the, the the shift or the 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 change in tide of of of, uh, of 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 the audience's needs around mental awareness and a more stable mental sort of um, balance, um, alongside the more environmental um, you know uh, thoughts that people are having these days, it, you know it has spawned a new industry and that's where marketing is really. Um, sort of doing good in the sense that it is providing people, to your point, it's giving them the tools to enable to, to themselves to be better people, whatever their definition of better is, sure. but also have a lower impact on, on, on their environment. So, you know, the, the proliferation now of zero alcohol, um, uh, you know, drinks, on, on the, the challenge being dry January and just the general decline in drinking, particularly amongst Gen Zs, could be the death knell for the drinks industry, but actually what that's forced them to do is to think about it differently mm. and look at that challenge as an opportunity. Actually, let's create a whole new category. Mm. Um, likewise, with with um, the, the major multiple supermarkets, their own brands, you know, Coop just released their new vegan range. Um, you've got Pe Pizza Hut um, creating pepperoni pizzas. <laughs> um, you know, it gives it, it, it's a springboard for, for for new product development. You know, ultimately, uh, which then to, you know, as you say, gives gives people the tools to live a better life. So I think marketing is doing you know, some some real good in changing the way or facilitating change. I'm, I'm liking the the long termism, the long term thinking from the industry here. That using that January change in mindset as a as a as a lift off point, but not as a not as an end game, not as a not as a finite division that ends on the 31st of, of January. Blue Monday was a pretty insidious idea if you look back on it, because it sort of seemed to concentrate the idea of people having mental health problems on the third Monday of January. I think they were talking about the fact that it's kind of they've proved that the, the equation was either it couldn't happen. It's disproven, yeah, quite quite early on, wasn't and, it? And you know, and Blue Monday isn't isn't about feeling down on one well, Blue Monday is about feeling down on one particular the peak, day. Isn't it? But it, it was it was perceived as that. Yeah. But it's, you know, and, and, and in previous in previous times it was used as a mechanism to drive purchases such as holidays and, and things that would make you feel better about yourself. Um, however, there seems to have been, certainly in the last couple of years, in terms of the opinions and the views that we give around Blue Monday, it's 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 become a bit of a springboard to again uh, raise mental health uh, awareness and talk about the importance of mental health. So, you know, it's turning around from sell, sell, sell to, to actually raise awareness, inform and educate and do good. So I think, you know, from that perspective, marketing has taken Blue Monday and it's, it's you know, organisations are thinking differently about how they incorporate a day that is on the calendar in a more positive way and where they can do good. The differences in mindset seasonally aren't going to change though they're still no. there yep. you, you are not going to get to a situation where you're not going to get hit, hit by holiday advertisements in January because the simple truth is people do like something 
to look forward yes, to. Yes, absolutely. It's not just actually going on holiday that gives them a, the, the sugar rush. It's the act of booking a holiday absolutely. that gives them... Researching and booking. And yeah. also, li- life is exceptionally busy. So people yeah. want to ensure that they don't allow themselves to run out of time and they actually book it in advance, gives them something to look forward to, and they don't have to think about it later. Yeah. Um, but even there, there has been a subtle change in the way uh, that is being marketed. Yeah, I think so. I think um, th- th- there's there's undoubtedly more pressure on you know from Hollywood superstars to musicians touring their albums through to royalty. You know there is the focus, the spotlight on unnecessary air miles, yeah. um, and I think that is is a really interesting challenge for the tourism industry um, to, to to sort of come to terms with. You know, again, like the, the the alcohol industry, it could be a real challenge for them, but actually it's being grasped as an opportunity and, and you know and, and Gemma's got some stats around some of the things that, that they're doing. Well I mean I was looking at APTA who have uh, who are really pushing sustainable tourism you know and they they've highlighted where uh, the government can help support this on alternative alternative fuels and decarbonizing aviation and there is apparently an aviation strategy that is due. Um, also just things like hotel sustainability performance so actually marketing uh, those hotels that have a real strong sustainability uh, policy and that and that carry it out, and then encourage behaviours for people to look for them, um, which makes absolute sense, doesn't it? We do it with a lot of other things where people are more sustainable. Supermarkets are more sustainable in how they they uh, their supply chains for their produce and their plastic consumption. Why should that not apply to hotels? There's a, there was a fantastic piece on the CIM Exchange website before Christmas yes. written by the editor. Catalyst, more I could have for Jones, where she was proposing that you had a sort of traffic light system mm-hmm. for um, environment-friendly packaging or, or, or so on and so forth. But that sort of mentality can be extended to other things, such as you know, this is a sustainable hotel. This is a this is a, this is a this is an airline that's offset that will offer offset or is offsetting its its air miles. Um, and the simple truth is there's money in it, isn't there? People do want to buy Absolutely. things that... And know. tourism is good for economies. It's mm. good for economies, not only because people are spending money when they go there, but, you know, businesses and hotels, they employ people. And then people live, you know, a less stressful life if you have a job. So tourism is good for the economy. It's about finding ways to uh, ensure that people are making, again, more considered purchases on where they go on holiday, just like we are with the food that we eat, the places we shop, and, you know, our our carbon footprints. And we even see it here at at CIM, CIM Moor Hall, one of the prevailing uh, selection criteria for, for delegates coming to train here and or for external businesses to use the facilities here to, for, for their own in-house training are our green credentials right. and that is now in the top three yeah. from a, a couple of years ago where it was, wasn't was even in top ten you know consideration so there's a lot of effort here at Moor Hall going into upping those credentials and going up the tiers from bronze to gold mm. um, you know green tourism is, is is huge and again yet another big opportunity because it's got to be a, a collaborative combined effort hasn't it it's not just for organizations to make changes consumers need to make changes the government needs to make changes and there needs to be much more transparency in the reporting these changes whether they are uh, financial or whether they're operational changes to businesses we talked about right at the top of the program we talked about mindset 
do you think there's been a notable shift in the last two, three or four years from so-called sustainable or healthy or um, environment-friendly products being a sort of niche interest to actually now being becoming more of a common interest? I think so. I think it's. I think it seems to be following the, the you know the standard adoption curve. Um, uh, you know, they always get these early adopters, and actually, when it comes to things like veganism, they often can be ridiculed by certain you know um, sectors of society. But I think it is generally definitely being more broadly accepted now, and, and thank God <laughs> because we haven't got much you know we haven't got much longer before we need to turn things around. They're, the consumer is driving the change in the marketing industry, or the marketing industry is driving the change in the consumer. Well, I, that's a very tr- tr- tricky question, isn't it? Because it is chicken and egg. It but is actually, egg. you know what? It doesn't really matter, um, and, and that's where you could get caught up in saying, "Is marketing responsible for driving the the positive behaviour, or is it simply delivering on the needs?" It doesn't really matter. The fact is, it's moving in the right direction. Would have been your favourite New Year? change mindset products that have come onto the scene? I think, um, I, I, just because it's got a cheesy pun in it, I, I really do like the Pizza Hut's um, pepperoni. Um, <laughs> does, it, does it taste like real pepperoni? I don't know. I, I've not had one yet, but my yeah. wife is a, is vegan, so I'm right. sure, um, although I'm Domino's, I'm quite brand loyal to Domino's, so if, if I decide to get a Pizza Hut in the house, then um, uh, I'll, I'll give it a go. But um, I, I just I just like the, 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 the way that um, businesses are looking at the opportunity now. Mm. Um, I think the, the vegan industry is set to top a billion pounds this year apparently um, and, and, and you know what, what what great opportunity whether you're an airline um, you know looking at things from an environmental perspective or a, or a food retailer um, um, or a food produ- manufacturer it's, it's that opportunity that's there um, you know co-op have, co-op have introduced their own brand range you know in January and again it's not just about veganuary but it, it's using that um, seasonality as a springboard, a springboard in, in, yeah. into a longer term approach and giving people the ability to choose vegan th- you know, d- day in, day out throughout the year. The availability has absolutely skyrocketed, hasn't yeah. it? And actually I'm at the process at the moment of going and around looking at schools for my child. Oh, so yeah. I, have to, I have to submit my um, top three school preferences and I went to a school visit yesterday um, and we looked at the menu for the children and the the the, the menu is 50-50 the, um, uh, vegetarian, non-vegetarian, and actually they're already looking at ways of bringing vegan options into the menu. So it's that availability. Uh, you know, without the availability, people can't make those life choices. And I think it's that it's that sort of penetration of all the way down to sort of school school menus. And that's probably going to increase their, that. You would imagine that will increase their application rate to to having that. Yeah. So again, it's the availability and this awareness making the opportunities to be able to get these things yeah. that is improving their performance. Yeah, it'll give you the opportunity to be that chosen product over a competitor's if the competitor doesn't offer that vegan option then they're going to go with you just following on from that point a lot of the increased opportunities and awareness that the industry has helped bring forward means that people who have someone or some people in their group who want to uh, follow this lifestyle or eat this particular kind of food they're all going to go to their competitor if the, 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 the organizations that don't offer this not, don't just lose the people who 
don't want to eat it, but they lose the, the friends of the people that don't want to eat it. Absolutely. And um, uh, it, I think that's why they m- making people aware of where these things are available is a major, major uh, a challenge, but an opportunity for the industry. And so far, the signs are they're doing quite well. I think, you know, 2020 has got to be the year of change. And I think we've had some real positive momentum uh, moving over the last 18 months towards that change. I think uh, it provides a real springboard, as we keep saying, to keep that movement going. My sense, anecdotally, from my friends and relations and colleagues and so on and so forth, is that there has been a major shift. Is that you could almost guess the people that wanted to were determined to leave these, lead these lifestyles three years ago. Now, uh, you you can't guess. You you talk to someone, you, they happen to have a, a determined plant based diet, or they happen to have a a, a sustainable travel personal policy or so on and so forth and if 2020 to your point Gemma is going to be the year of change there seems to be the groundswell now of the people in the consumer base that will help bring about that change and to my mind what the marketing industry does with that is going to be very interesting viewing this year absolutely thank you very much thank you join us next time when we'll review a brand new edition of Catalyst magazine